And as you guys uh, head inside the base, um, you see that uh, Nat is tinkering with um, the team's resident toaster, in fact. They have it opened up, and they're screwing a few things in, and then they see all of you come in. And, ah, uh, hello, everyone. How are you tonight? Hey, Nat. Hello. Uh, what have you done to the toaster? Um, oh, well, I realized that it, it's it been toasting well enough, but I thought that maybe it could be better. And so I've decided, what if it could toast something in a matter of seconds as opposed to minutes? So I'm installing a couple of boosters in here, and you see that, like, um, they hold up this sort of, like, glowing green light, basically, and is, like, basically screened in. Uh, this was one of the spares that Epimethea uses for uh, her armor, so... I'm installing this, and then suddenly, like, the lever goes down, and a piece of blackened toast flies across the room and, like, whacks into the wall. Ah, that was unexpected. Uh... I think we can live with our toast taking a bit longer, and... Are you sure? Pretty sure, and Gene's gonna try and... Like, is there, like, a screw-out for the thing that uh, Nat has hooked up to the toaster? Uh, yeah, so you think you have an idea of where to unscrew it, so basically you uh, just yeah. help them with taking it out? Yeah, Kiai, um, Gene is actually going to summon Kiai and have them, like, screw it out, like, sort of like an EOD Bomb Squad style, like, okay. very carefully unscrew it, take it out, hold it back over to Epimethea, and then, like, Gene just says, uh, where do you want this? Uh, can, can we actually say that Epimethea hadn't shown up yet? Okay, so yeah, you look around for Epimethea, but you don't see her, so Kiai is just floating there with this energy bulb in their hand. Yeah. Hey, Nat, where did you get this from? Um, Epimethea, when she was working with her suit, she had left them lying around. I asked if I could use one for something, and she said yes. All right, uh, okay, over to the workshop, and like very gingerly, Gene is going to walk Kiai, walk himself and Kiai into the workshop. Yep. And sort of, like, very carefully set it down on one of the workbenches and hope that it doesn't, like, react to anything. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you just gingerly put it down. Uh, it doesn't seem to go off, so that's good enough. Yeah, so uh, at this point, uh, Cassandra walks in, sees the yeah. piece of burnt toast, like, on the wall. Oh, did somebody try and fix the toast problem? <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> so as Wait, they... that was the thing you asked? Well, I, I mean... So, uh, everybody will go into a discussion about how, like, getting a bread bread toasted faster without burning it is actually a very hard problem to solve, uh, <laughs> because it requires you to, uh, to generate a large amount of heat in a short amount of time without c that amount of heat actually incinerating the bread, and we'll begin to speculate about the use of, uh, blow torches as a, mm. as a method to, to to toast the bread with it. Uh, instead of using electrical heaters. And so, as you say this, Nat is, like, listening and nodding along, and they immediately begin, like, printing out some parts and begin assembling, like, this sort of uh, large-scale blowtorch that can basically toast, like, an entire side of a piece of bread. And as uh, Nat is doing this, um, Carsonon, or should I say Sam, because he's out of costume, comes into the base as well. So, hey, guys. Um, he seems to be just as sort of worn out looking as the last time you saw him. Like, ever since the incident with, um, uh, basically his nemesis, uh, 
yeah, Arthur Randall, he has been noticeably, like, low energy. And his facial hair, like, the stubble that he had is now turning on to, into, like, a full-on blondish kind of beard and mustache. And, uh, yeah, basically, uh, he's, uh, just kind of comes in, goes to one of the chairs and kind of slumps into it. Mm. All right, so Gene is going to turn to Epimethea and be like, all right, fascinating talk. Uh, there's one of your power cores in the workshop. Didn't know where to put it. Seemed like the best place. Yeah, uh, she'll go make sure that's properly stored somewhere. Yeah, yeah you then, do that. Then Gene is going to like walk over to Carson and be like, uh, hey, Sam, you all right. doing all right? You're looking a little rough. I mean, he kind of friends rough how? Uh, you know, looks like you haven't uh, shaved in a couple days. He reaches up, kind of feels his beard a bit. Yeah, uh, it, it's fine. I'm, um, I don't really feel the need to. Um, kind of been working on, you know, helping Nat out with things around the base. Uh, just doing, uh, getting some reports in on crimes and stuff, because it's like... I don't know what the police situation is with me yet, so I'm kind of just uh, considering myself on uh, self-imposed house arrest until some things die down. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as as Cassandra like comes back from the workshop, sees uh, Sam there. Oh, hey, Carson on. Uh, hey. Uh, the next, uh, I got the next set of bullets ready for you uh, if you're you want to try them out sometime. She'll like toss you a red case uh, of bullets. So yeah, uh, he catches it, and so okay, cool. Uh, what do what do these do? They're fire. Neat. And it really says something. Like he says this in the most deadpan. Like when people say neat, they don't say it neat. And it says something that Carsonon is saying it in this way. Yeah. So with this, Gene is actually going to like slide into like slide into a chair beside him get really close to eye level and just be like, are you sure you good, man? Like, really uh, sure? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm good. Look, uh, give me a sec. I'm gonna put some coffee on. Because, yeah. Uh, and also, apparently, um, yeah, something is gonna be going on. Apparently, there's gonna be a news announcement involving uh, Seaside Sentry soon, so we might want to stick around for that. Oh, word? Mm -hmm. Are you going to admit that we did a good job? Uh, Doubt it. Yeah, I'm not putting money uh, on that. Yeah, Mr. V, uh, Brandon makes like a, like a, ha, you know, eh, kind of <laughs> like hand, hand up and down sort of deal. Like, yeah, Gene's like, hey, a man can dream, right? All right. So a little bit of time goes by. Are you going to bring up what you said, uh, Brandon, about, uh, oh, yes. you know, what you're looking into with the Magi Corporation? Yes. Um. If we have a moment, yeah. Uh, has anyone here heard of the Magi Corporation? And at this, uh, Carsonon, you know, he's pouring a cup of coffee for himself. He kind of stops, turns to you. Why do you bring that up? Oh, uh, it's just something I heard that I wanted to check on it as a friend of mine is. Uh, uh, well, they might be they might be uh, going there at some point. Oh, um, wait. I just wanted, a... wanted to check to make sure if it was safe. Yeah, it was founded by uh, yeah, Daniel Davis, right? Wait, okay, so clearly you know something about this. So yeah. come um, on, ish. I will say that if people know a little bit about former superheroes, you know the name Daniel Davis. 
at the time, maybe uh, close to 30-ish years ago, he was known more as Danny Davis, or should I say, the former superhero known as Kablam. He was a, well, when he started his superhero career, he was a 10-year-old boy who had the power to, upon shouting the word Kablam, turn into um, a six-and-a-half-foot-tall, uh, very heavily muscled superhero with a variety of different kinds of powers. And basically, he served as Kablam for about four years or so until an incident known as the Buchanan Heights Disaster. It was an event in which one of the villains on, like, his... Um, you know, his uh, rogues rogue gallery, his rogues yeah. gallery. Yeah, a member of his rogues gallery aftershock uh, created an earthquake there. And it was an incident in which uh, a, a number of people died, like over a hundred people, including um, aftershock himself. And despite his best efforts to save all those people, uh, Danny failed and he actually lost his powers as Kablam. Uh, so, oh, sorry, out of character question. This would be post directorate, uh, directoriate, correct? Superheroing? Yes. Okay. yes, yes. So, basically, ever since then, like, uh, he was, you know, a public face because, you know, uh, it basically came out that he was, you know, as for his personal identity and stuff, but, you know, he became, um, like, a beloved member of the superhero community because, you know, he was still Danny Davis, you know, a teenager who spent four years saving people and stuff. And so, you know, pe uh, he still has connections and things. And after about, um, yeah, a number of years, like when he was about 24, he founded uh, the Magi Corporation, which is an institute dedicated to studying magical phenomena because the origins of Kablam is that uh, the source of his powers were magical. So he founded that institute to look more into it and to basically uh, help out people who are kind of like himself, who found themselves with magical abilities or talents or, you know, other symptoms and didn't know where else to turn to. And was the, the Buchanan Heights disaster, was that something that happened in Pacific City or is that... Well, like, is he a, a Pacific City, like, local, or is oh, he... Oh, yeah, uh, Pacific City born and raised. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, because, uh, you know, he lost his powers after the incident, he couldn't continue on with the superheroing work. So he's kind of been a private citizen, more or less, for the last number of years. He's probably in his very late 30s at this point, if you're doing the math right. Yeah. Mm. Is, uh... So is he a, uh... I, I guess important for Torch is he like a a pro registration uh, like person or does he like not care if uh, superheroes are unregistered? Um, as far as you know, he's tried to stay away from that topic of conversation because it is a bit polarizing, and he hasn't offered any sort of personal opinion on the matter. Whether that's from, whether that's because he is deliberately taking a neutral stance because he believes in it, or he is avoiding controversy, you are not certain. But he hasn't like actively been like against. He's never campaigned for it. He's right? never yeah. campaigned for or against it. Okay, well that's that's fine. Like the, yeah. I, uh, so I uh, have no strong feelings one way or the other. <laughs> but yeah. 
Um, anyway, that's, um, I will say that as you guys are talking and, uh, Sam is going over this stuff, this is basically what you all piece together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Cassandra will say, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind, uh, dropping by the press conference if you want us to, you know, perform some extra security, uh, Brandon. Might be, that might, uh, that might make me feel a bit better about this. Okay, so uh, as this is going on, you realize that the press conference is pretty soon, in like, uh, 15 minutes or so. Oh. Oh, shit. Well, Alright, well, if we're uh, doing this, we gotta do it now, and Gene will say this as he's, like, getting parts of his costume okay. on. As you're doing this, um, actually, the television is on, and it looks as though, um, it's going to a news channel, and, uh... At this, Sam says, hey, um, yeah, this is the thing involving the seaside sentries that's going on. Uh, you guys want to see what this is about before heading over? Uh, uh, let's watch it on the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cassandra says, uh, I've got it streaming uh, in, inside the, the suit, so. Right. Um, and Sam is like, um, tell you what, I'll hang around here and let you guys uh, take a look at things. Because if it's going to be a press conference, there may be cops there. Yeah, well, look, if I'm, I'm going to say if any cops start something while Epimethea is standing right there, that's going to be that's going to look worse for them than it will for us. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I'll never I'll, I'll, doubt the stupidity of the police. Fair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. I can I can tell you All that right. for sure. I worked with them. All right. All right. Uh, so with that, you guys gear up, get everything together, and uh, yeah, um, basically, you all head out, and are you gonna drop a line with Casilla as you go? Uh, yep. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. This yeah. is the first, like, actual, like, close to, like, it's not a, not a fight, but it's, like, the closest to, hey, Torch is doing a thing that's not just, like, looking around for crime. So, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, uh, Cassandra will tell someone else to, to do the texting. Alright, okay. um, Gene knows where, uh, or I should say Station knows where she lives, because he was the one that dropped her off the last time, so he'll just, like, start messaging her en route. Just be like, hey, Casilla, um, planning to head do some extra security for a thing tonight. Do you want to join us? Question mark. Uh, within about 10 seconds of you sending the text, Casilla will, will, ha will, like, a call will start coming through to you. Uh, uh, from Casila. Yeah. So Gina will answer it. Hello. I, I, I will come to your. I will come. I. I will be your guard. Yes, All right. I, yeah. Uh, just hang you. outside your. Hang outside your place. I'm en route there right now. I will wait outside. Yes. I. I, I will leave now. All right. And so yeah, since he was on his way, it's it's a pretty close time, and Gene basically, scoot uh, or station scoops you up with Ki and basically gives you the same transportation that he used last time to get you around as we're flung through the city streets. This is very fun. Yeah, Please I know, teach right? Me how to do it myself. Uh, you know, with your powers, maybe, but uh, we'll have to figure some stuff out first. Don't uh, want to cause any weird space-time, you know, wedgies. You're right. It is tough with cutting. Maybe I will learn a new form of art after I have mastered cutting. Yeah, sky's the limit, right? Yes. Well, actually, after you win the sky, there is space, I am told. Jo Joey is doing a project at school. He has been teaching me. 
I know of the planets. There are many He planets. continues to speak of this Uranus and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you he know has- that there are more moons than the one in the sky. Yeah, like uh, the Jupiter ones, right? Yes. Yeah, I remembered planet. stuff from school. Yes, it is amazing. I wonder if their wounds are also so bright. Gene starts trying to think back to like elementary school, uh, like uh, astrology or uh, astronomy, and is like, ah, can you even see the moons from Jupiter? It's a gas giant. But he doesn't say anything because he doesn't want to look dumb. Or at one least day, convince the child of something that isn't correct. One day I wish to travel to the moon. It's like Jean realizes that if she cuts the distance between the moon and the Earth, that bad things will happen. It's like, yeah, you know. Nothing wrong with setting your aims a bit lower first, just until you manage to get the hang of things. Mental image of the moon crashing into the earth? <laughs> first, I shall learn how to go into the sky like this, and then the moon. Yeah, that'll do it. Yes. Uh, yeah, you just uh, need to yeah. cut your, your lungs requirement for oxygen. <laughs> One well, day I shall the... conquer the moon. See, then the problem is that she has to cut the rest of her body to be vacuum resistant. That's a lot of cuts. Oh, <laughs> one cut, the whole body, once you're good enough, vacuum resistant. <laughs> Casilla, why what don't you need a space helmet? Because I do not need to breathe. <laughs> I, I, I assume that, that Yeshi at one point probably went to space. It's going to be like one of those, like, the boss from fucking Metal Gear Solid 3, <laughs> where it's going to be like, like, She's gonna, like, uh, Casilla's gonna be like, Grandmaster, Auntie, I have discovered space. And yes, she's gonna be like, I went to the moon. <laughs> yes, she is like, when I was up there, I saw no borders. Mm. <laughs> All right, but I yeah, only we saw a world that needed to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys are motoring along in your various methods of transportation, uh, yeah, um, so for you, uh, Epimethea, it is broadcasted inside your suit, correct? Yep. Okay, how about the rest of you? Is it, like, going on over your comms or anything like that, or...? I mean, Epimethea can patch the audio into, into comms yeah. for everyone else. Yeah. We got this jank-ass restreaming thing where Epimethea's streaming it and capturing the screen grab and then broadcasting it to us. Alright, and with this, um, yeah, uh, Sam comes on over the intercom, now using his Carson on voice. Okay, patching it through to all of you now, it's gonna be starting in five, and so, breaking news tonight involving the seaside sentries. Apparently, there has been activity going on between the border of the free market states and Cascadia. As in, on the side of the free market states, there has been movement of some individuals believed to be members of a mercenary group called the Crimson Initiative. They seem to be moving through the territory of a man going by the name of William Mason, head of the corporation Toxin, a company that manufactures some of the most lethal poisons known to mankind. It is unclear as to whether or not the Crimson Initiative is working under orders of William Mason. However, Mason has had difficulties in dealing with the seaside sentries in the past. For this reason, the seaside sentries have been called over to keep an eye on the border and ensure that there are no further escalations that will be going on. At the moment, this means that there will be other superheroes who will be dealing with things across 
Cascadia, but for now, the seaside centuries are locked down just across from the free market states. So they're out of the city, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, looks like our job just probably got a bit harder. I don't know who these heroes are. Uh, <laughs> bunch of rubes. Yeah. Yes, they are rubes. Yeah, what is they a rube? suck. What is uh, a rube? Someone who doesn't deserve a sandwich named oh. after them. Oh, no. I do not want to be a rube. I ate a sandwich. Um, actually, uh, heroes that are, uh, rubes, uh, they get turned into rubens at house. <laughs> I, I refuse. I refuse to, to acknowledge that. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm quitting the game. <laughs> I heard, I thought, I heard the term rube, and then I heard, I was like, oh, well, okay, let's just, as long as no one makes a ruben joke, I guess we'll be fine. We can, we can get through this. You assume that I would not sink that low. Joey, yeah, you, you should have seen this giant gaping hole that we could not help but fall into. Yeah. I do support yeah. the existence of an all Reuben sandwich shop, though. That sounds amazing. Oh, like, how would that even work? Um, like, is it just different types of, like, uh, of smoked meat? Oh, sure. Um, different kinds of, like, sauerkraut. You got, like, like ooh. pickled radishes on there. Oh, baby. Pickled, pickled in-house. Special is gonna, recipes. Is, is it going to be like that grilled cheese guy who's, like, anything that's not like added to the grilled cheese <laughs> makes it a melt. Oh, the like, guy that got so fucking mad about melts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like, like that, but with Rubens, where it's like, like it's not a Ruben if it doesn't have, you know. Uh, um, Hal is very passionate about his sandwiches. Let's just say that. But anyhow, but yeah, uh, with that, Carson on uh, continues. So sounds like the seaside sentries are going to be out of town for a while. Does that mean? more on our plate or what well uh, i think we're the only other major hero group in the city so yeah i mean major do any of the people who they normally butt heads with even know who we are i mean the mad chemist does oh yeah fair mm -hmm. i mean uh name one other uh, other hero group other than us that's made the news recently wasn't there that big group that like ended up swallowing a building i don't know if that was a group that that i, I I'm still convinced that, that that was Marino testing out some sort of weapon. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope it's not. I don't have to deal with that shit. Please. Yeah, we don't need any shit like that going on in Marino's hideout. No. I mean, technically, if we want to give him faith, Vindictive said that he took out Prima Frosta when she escaped prison. Assuming I mean, he's telling the truth. Prima Frosta is the ballet dancer. Yes. I bumped her on the head. Hmm. Alright, that's you. two that's at least one other person that can verify that that is in fact the truth. Okay. I I mean sure, but like again, I I feel like this might be uh I, I like not that we're in this for the fame and fortune, but you know, it might be a good chance for for us to step step up without the uh, uh without the seedside sentries coming down and, and telling us what a bad job we're doing, you know? Um fuck fruit time in the spotlight. It's time for the era of torch, the brightness of our brilliance will grow, and we'll bask. Everyone will bask in it. Your words uh. are inspiring. <laughs> Can I write them down? I wish to have them tattooed on my body. Uh, if you're gonna do that, there's That's gonna be a lot creepy, of work. But here's that shut. Mister Idiot pulls out a headshot of himself. Wait, wait. Uh, uh, how are we traveling? 
I see we're jumping between we're ball like well you are you were traveling with station right yeah, yeah. so we're yeah, probably so, so we're both of us are jumping yeah, like, yeah. yeah. jumping across we're, the rooftop so what yeah. as we land he like hands you the thing and then uh, uh, speeds up a little bit so that you're not at pace hmm. <laughs> do you have separate headshots for Brandon and Mr. Medium yeah of course okay excellent. I have a headshot guy hmm. <laughs> so he's a very like good he keeps a lot of secrets this headshot guy mm-hmm. yeah you arrive at the conference. Like, there are a whole bunch of news vans that have showed up outside Magi headquarters. And on the front steps, you can see a couple people in, like, suits and stuff like that. A podium with mics to speak at and everything. And, yeah, it seems as though things are going to be started soon. And, yeah, Mr. Medium, if you take a, about a minute to scan through the crowd, you uh, see your sister there, as well as the news crew and some reporters from the Tribune. Well, Mr. Medium will act nonchalant as usual. Um, and by that, uh, he will uh, cross his arms and begin whistling loudly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Epimethea will, will like land nearby. Uh, is there a police presence here? Is there security? Yeah. Like- um, yeah, there is a police presence nearby that's kind of like overseeing some stuff and yeah, there are a couple cops that notice you and they come on over. And so, hi, can we help you at the moment? This is a private function. Uh, we're just here to help uh, with security, you know, with right. the uh, <clears throat> with the heroes of uh, uh, the seaside sentries out and about. We thought that a major function like this might be uh, seen as an easy target by foul villain. All right, yeah, the cop kind of nods, but yeah, for a point. Uh, you folks are with that group, uh, and he kind of snaps his fingers. Torch, right? Indeed. Right, 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 right. Aren't you, uh, and he's kind of like scanning over you. Aren't you missing one right now? Uh, uh, and Epimethea will, will just look around, uh, count. No, I believe this is all of us. You sure? I'm pretty sure there was one other one. Uh, dark blue guy with a rifle. Yes, he's here. Uh, yeah, okay. That is the best possible answer. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's... Oh my god, he's become invisible! <laughs> you literally just ruined that guy's life. Yeah. <laughs> the Carson is, like, right behind him. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, um, as you say this, the real Carcinon, uh, has a pot of stovetop mac and cheese, is at the sofa in the basin, is eating it. Um, <laughs> uh, but flashback to here, and the cop, his eyes just kind of go wide a little bit, and I see, okay, um, alright, well, if you'd like to stick around, uh, provide some additional security, uh, go right ahead. And so with that, he's gonna head over to the rest of the cops, and he kind of, like, uh, brings in some of the other guys a little close and they kind of like murmur something to themselves a little bit before they nod and a couple of them head off. They start dispersing immediately. <laughs> Trying to fight Carson on. God, we, like, we gotta look away like 10 minutes later. It's like a bunch of guys with like flower bags, like throwing flour into the air indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, over, the, over the comms uh, to uh, Cassandra will say, okay. Whenever someone asks where Carson is, you, everyone, just say, "Oh, he's already here." Got it. <laughs> or, or, or say you just saw him. 
Oh. Uh, he, was, he was just around somewhere. So, and then, oh, you can't see him? Uh, then, hey, uh, I was away from comms. Uh, you guys talking about me? Oh, yes. We're, uh, we're convincing the police that you are currently, uh, that you're, you know, around, even if you aren't all the time. Nice. I will, I will lie about you being here. Uh, oh, so one thing uh, to specify is that uh, there are comms, which are little earbuds that Cassila does not have because she's not oh, in on the secret okay. of Epimethia. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so when I say Cassandra says something over comms, you, that means that it's not audible to anyone else because she can speak inside the yeah. suit. Um, My bad. My bad. Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. I, I wanted to just make that uh, clear because, uh, yeah. That... All right. Cassandra does a lot of this around, <laughs> around new recruits to Torch. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's important to be cautious. That's fair. Uh -huh. If I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd have at least three nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened three times. Hmm. <laughs> there seems to be a bit of a stirring from the crowd as a figure is making his way down the steps from the building and is approaching the podium. So uh, Shall we watch? Yeah, uh, here. Let's post up on a rooftop, get a better view. And so Station is going to grab the both of us, toss us up onto, like, a nearby rooftop so we can kind of keep surveillance. Alright. So... Do a couple cops point up to that rooftop with the assumption that <laughs> that must be where Carson is as well? Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you can already see that. It, every time you guys move to a major location, they immediately start talking about things. They actually start pointing at nearby buildings as well because... You know, if Carsonon is anywhere, he wouldn't be on the same building as his teammates. He'd go to another place they have as many eyes from as many perspectives as, as possible. <laughs> so anyway, as you do that, uh, it looks as though the figure has approached the podium. A man in a suit. Um, yeah, you guys who have, you know, kept an eye on his profile know that this is Daniel Davis, the uh, chairman and founder of the Magi Corporation, and formerly the superhero Kablam. He does not look like Kablam whatsoever. Like, Kablam was like this six and a half foot, 250 pound chiseled ideal of what a superhero should look like. This guy looks like he is. Um, you know, basically, he looks like he makes frequent visits to the hospital or something. Like, he's got waxy-looking pale skin, heavy, heavy bags under his eyes, thinning hair, and a frame that looks like he's maybe 120 pounds soaking wet with the suit. This guy but despite to, Sorry, hmm? Chris. This guy's supposed to be in his 30s, right? Yeah. Oh, jeez. He has... Oh, no, like... Dan, uh, like, even as a kid, you know that Daniel Davis was, like, he was never a healthy kid, mm. but, like, he looks like he has aged significantly worse over the last couple decades. And But nevertheless, his smile and his eyes are bright as he waves to everybody, comes up to the podium, uh, sort of adjusts his tie a little bit, and uh, steps up as, you know, cameras flash, and, you know, folks are talking, so, hi, hey, uh, good... Good, uh, good evening, everybody. Glad to see you could all make it here. Um, so the reason I'm uh, calling this conference is because uh, the Magi Corporation and myself, we have a bit of a big announcement to make. Um, 
So as you folks know, the Magi Corporation has been responsible for investigating magic uh, and various other sorts of things around the world relating to paranormal activity and phenomena that's considered outside the boundaries of what most normal people experience. And we've been doing some privately funded work here and there, but we've made leaps and bounds in helping folks out who've been exposed to this stuff or maybe a little, um, well, a little different, as it were. Something that I uh, know quite a bit about, uh, given my past. Um, but I wanted to say that over the last few years, I've been gathering a few people together, some folks who are very talented, very powerful, and who want to make the world a better place for folks like themselves and for everybody in general. So I would like to use this press conference to formally announce the foundation of a new superhero team of my own creation. Let me introduce you to the guild. And so with that, he steps aside to reveal five figures stepping down the steps of the Magi Foundation, uh, all of whom are in have varying shapes and sizes. There is a pale-looking woman dressed in, like, uh, almost pure white wizard robes with arcane tattoos that are glowing with various colors across her arms and her face. Uh, another figure who's dressed up in the gear of a martial artist, similar almost like to a character from Mortal Kombat. Like he's got a bit of a Sub-Zero or Scorpion vibe about him. Is it There's... like the actual like Sub-Zero Scorpion thing with like the colored pleats that go down to the waist? Um, he d kind of like he's got colored plates and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, he does seem to be have that sort of visual vibe about him. Uh, there is also um, what can only be described as this massive humanoid golem that uh, is just uh, coming down the steps with heavy thuds and stuff. Um, yeah, maybe about twelve feet tall altogether. This hulking uh, humanoid that looks like this massive beast just this mishmash of various animals all put together with this uh leering sort of bestial head and face and finally a woman dressed up in the garb of like um sort of like a witch hunter kind of very von helsing with dark clothes like this wide-brimmed hat a pair of like handheld crossbows belted at her waist and uh yeah it looks as though these five figures are stepping down to the podium as um, as Davis makes their introductions. I give you the five members of the guild. We have Chimera, and he gestures to the fellow who's like a mishmash of all these various different animals and stuff. The beacon. At this, the pale woman sort of brings her hands up and magical circles shimmer around her hands. The duelist, and with this, uh, the martial artist kind of assumes a very gentle, but almost a bit of a pose, like a, you know, a martial arts stance. The artificer, and at this, uh, the golem, yeah, runes flare across its surface and it pounds its golem-like hands together. And Witchbane, and this is when the woman in the Van Helsing clothes makes no effort to acknowledge her introduction, but just simply stands there. These folks are here to protect Pacific City because 
well, a couple of things have been going on recently with the Seaside Sentries, but hopefully these folks are coming into play now to demonstrate just uh, how much they can be of use to the heroes of this lovely city. So we'll now be taking questions. And with this, uh, all of the reporters begin shouting over each other in a, you know, various attempts to make themselves heard first. So as Gene's looking over this, he kind of goes on comms to like, huh, did Satan have a sister? Did he mention that? Because I'm getting deja vu here. Yeah, at this, uh, yeah, Carsonon comes over to the vibes. Uh, wait, Satan? Uh, like, I, I, you, I don't see anybody that looks like a devil here. Oh, yeah, you weren't there for that. Uh, yeah. long story short, we may have run into a witch hunter before. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, Cassandra will actually, like, just, uh, like, take a, like, a, a picture of the, uh, specifically the, the woman with the glowing colors and, like, mm. text that to, to Kari and, like, uh, relative? Carson. No, Kari. No, Kari. Oh, to Kari. Kari, oh. yeah. New text to Kari Eelspout. Okay. Um, so you... Does Kari have a phone? Yes! Um, yeah. Kari has a phone because, yeah, yeah, uh, Epimetheus, uh, Cassandra specifically gave her a phone so that they could keep in touch. Um... You uh, send her the text, and yeah, you don't really receive a reply at the moment. Yeah, well. Okay, um, but yeah, you keep that in mind, because that looks very, very wizardy or witch indeed. Mm-hmm. Like, it is definitely giving, giving you some strong Kari vibes. Yeah. But yeah, as you guys are looking over this, and uh, Davis is continuing to take questions... I will say that all of you feel a strange sensation in the air. Like, the air just kind of ripples. And it's a sensation like when the hairs on the backs of your arms and on the back of your neck sort of stand on end. But it's like, not on your arms, but on in your soul. Okay. I feel cold. Bad vibes! Kind of jabronis making me feel this way! I do not like those heroes. Um, as you feel this, like, you look up, and it's like the sky, which was slowly, uh, like, it's evening, so the sun is starting to set. And, uh, yeah, like, the sky is starting to change colors, it does so, but it's like, the sky itself is kind of strangely, like, it's got a bit of a violet hue to it almost. And looking down, it seems as though other people in the crowd have noticed this, as there are some people kind of looking around. The cops are talking to each other, and Daniel Davis is also looking like... He looks... He stopped taking the question, and he looks visibly concerned. And the rest of the heroes behind him are also kind of on edge. Hmm. Evelyn braces herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Shit, as... Yes? Um... Using Kiai senses, um, so Gene's gonna do a thing where Kiai uh, basically uses the Yoko Shiso ability to allow Gene to see what it sees. Uh huh. Um, does that? Do I see anything unusual when I look up at the sky? Um, yeah, you look up at the sky, and it's like before anybody else does. You see a ripple in the air, um, on an. Like, not here, but maybe, like, about a kilometer away. There's this, what can only be described as a hole is opening up 
um, maybe a hundred feet over several buildings. Like, that's the direction of the Pacific City shopping mall. A hole is beginning to open up as though, some, yeah, some sort of portal in the air is slowly opening. And you see this looking over there, but it doesn't look like anybody else has noticed this. Uh, guys, don't mean to draw your attention away, but something's happening over by the shopping mall. And it's as you say this that all of you hear like this, a detonation, like... As, um, like, there is a vibration in the air. People down below are, like, clapping their hands to their ears, at, and you look over, and what Gene has described is happening right now. And things are coming out of the hole and descending towards the mall. Uh, all right, Dings. well, uh, at, yeah. So we're, we're gonna make a us. we're gonna make a beeline towards that, I assume. Yeah, Mr. And, isn't even gonna say anything. He's gonna jump forward, assuming everyone's gonna follow him. Yeah. Okay. And as you begin racing over, you see that um, yeah, the uh, the police are already trying to direct people. Uh, the news people are like racing back to their vans. Uh, Davis has gone over to the members of the guild and are talking to them and they seem to be like uh getting ready to race off after you guys but you've already taken the lead and it's as you are heading towards the mall that you see that there are there is another hole opening up in another part of pacific city as well over off to the right wait what should we do wait i got this we should stop it Circle gets That's the square, and then, like, Gene uh, is going to pick both of us up and start throwing us towards one of the holes. Okay. Well, wait. Uh, there are two hero teams here. Um, uh, which one is our... So Mr. Meehan jumps off and then lands, sees... Then when he sees that there's two holes, yeah. uh, he looks over to see where... Um, like, where is the majority of Torch going? Um, it looks as though you guys seem to be headed towards the first hole, if I'm not mistaken. The one that's over the shopping mall. Alright, Mr. Medium is going to run over to the, to the, uh, the guild. Okay. Um. So, it looks as though they're all generating their own means of getting over there. Basically, um, Chimera is leaping from rooftop to rooftop, similar to you's got, well, to you guys. Well, you said we had the drop on them, right? So, I yes, they were correct. they are just getting ready to leave. Okay, um, I will so. say that as they're getting ready to take off, you land in front of them, like, at the podium where Davis yeah. is talking. And just as they're about to take off, they see you, and, yeah, they all visibly, like, hesitate watching you. Alright, so, uh, Mr. Me, after his three-point Superman, uh, landing, uh, and say, We'll let you, uh, get that one! And he motions over to, uh, the second one. Okay. We'll uh, get the mole! And then he jumps off. Okay, uh, yeah, before they can say anything, and you don't look back, but, uh, yeah, so you are leaping back towards the team. If you guys are looking back to where Mr. Medium is coming towards you, it looks as though the guild has taken off, and they are headed towards the second location. Uh, Mr. Medium is gonna go on the comms. I let the B team know where they needed to go! Okay, and with this, Nat chimes in. That seems to be a good decision. I'm getting an... I'm detecting that there are a number of emergency calls to 911 coming from the location of the mall, so it's good that you are headed that way. 
Can you get eyes on us for it? Can you get the eyes on us? One moment. Eyes on I'm, it? I'm hacking into the security cameras now. And uh, a little bit of time's going by. And uh, at this point, Carson comes in. All right, I'm getting suited up. What's happening? Um, Things are coming out of holes in the sky. I mean, it's at the shopping mall. That's no good. Shopping mall it is. So with that, um, yeah, you, uh, the comms go dead. It sounds like uh, Carsonon is coming out of his uh, self-imposed uh, quarantine. So you guys uh, are within side of the mall as, yeah, the portal seems to close up. And you see that uh, things have descended down to the ground and are racing inside the shopping mall. They seem vaguely humanoid, but... Uh, yes, I do have eyes on the interior of the mall. Um, I see demons. Christian vernacular as imps, as well as several figures that do also appear to be titular demons. And I also see wisp-like things that are going inside civilians. So you land at the entrance Uh... to the mall. I'm assuming there's none around the outside. All of these things have ended up inside the mall. Um, you, uh, yeah, I don't see any sign of what Nat described, but you do see that whatever is invading seems to have landed on the roof, and it looks like, uh, yeah, they've disappeared from sight. So, like, if anything has come down already, they're inside the mall. Yep, solid copy. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Carsonon's on the comms. Give me a couple minutes, I'll be right there! You all charge inside to see panicking civilians screaming and running around, crouched beneath benches and hiding inside stores that have been abandoned in the chaos. Ahead is a large lobby area with a fountain, and the food court is off to one side near a bunch of the escalators. You see that there are figures resembling imps wheeling about overhead cackling as they are loosing what appear to be bolts of energy in all direction shattering the glass of various display windows and storefronts while there is this large sort of tall demonic figure maybe about seven feet tall with black chitin covering her frame like an insectile carapace she has no eyes whatsoever merely a glossy black visor that sweeps to both sides of her head in a pair of long, curving horns resembling those of a bull. Tattered black cloth drifts down from her imposing frame, drifting along the tiled floor as if in a mild breeze, as this figure hovers a foot off the ground with no visible effort. As they sightlessly survey their surroundings, you see that a number of multicolored wisps drift overhead before one of them suddenly lances downwards towards a screaming civilian who is trying to escape. The civilian suddenly drops to the ground and begins shuddering as they look up towards all of you, their pupils becoming slits as their teeth explode into canines, and they let out a snarling roar as their skin begins to turn a dark, ominous violet. <clears throat> no, deal better. Yeah, uh, well, actually, Epimethea will, like, turn to Kasila and say spirits out of them. It depends. Uh, I am white. Is, are there many spirits that are good in this world, in this land? I, I do Aww. not want to deny them all spirits if it is something that is important to them. Oh, God, uh, they cut their soul. Uh. 
I think cutting this. I think. Can you specify it to be that spirit? And I point to one of them. Seems like a pretty clean cut to me, honestly. But you know. I can try evil spirits, but I will have to do one or two at a time. I cannot do them all. Works for me. We'll keep you covered. Let's just save. I need to put one or two ghosts in my day. Mr. Medium cracks his knuckles and shifts his head. Uh, and let's, uh, yeah, I guess we're fighting now. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and I will say that it's as the five of you charge forward that the various demons turn and register your appearance, and they seem to recognize a threat when they see it as they begin to fly and prowl forward, dead set on taking you down. And I think it's at this point that we can call an end to this first session of the newest campaign arc. Sure. Join us but, next week for metaphysics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, uh, this is going to be the start of the newest campaign arc, and we'll see how things go from here. But uh, yeah, looks like Car Torch has uh, encountered a new problem. Um, a number of developments are going on in Pacific City. And this is the chance for the newest member, uh, Casilla, or the newest uh, potential recruit, to show their stuff. So next time, we'll see how things pan out. So until then, have a fantastic night, everybody. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive. Good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.